things like that in poker come up all the time. You can imagine 14 trying to learn advanced mathematics or chemistry in Bulgarian. Just be vulnerable with me for five minutes. Like We can have a conversation. I'm going to challenge you a little bit here because <laughs> you know, think I've been called every name under the sun. Basically, everybody is like that to a degree. But like I said, like life EV is what you end up with when you're 70. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Phil Galfond podcast. I am Phil Galfond. Uh, today, I'm going to speak with Henry Kilbane, poker player, poker commentator, a uh, very cool guy. And what we spoke about is primarily, you know, his his poker career and finding his way, um, finding his way through, you know, what he wants to focus on in his career. Um, the idea that I had that kind of sparked this episode, not necessarily a podcast as a whole, was that I wanted to talk to poker players who were at crossroads in their career, um, whether it's, you know, people who are thinking of dropping out of college to go pro or people who are tournament players that want to switch to become cash players and they're weighing different factors um, to really anything. And the reason that I spoke to Henry is because we had a conversation similar to this a few months ago and I wanted to see where he was at and see if, if we could talk about it um, some more. And uh, I, th I think it's some pretty interesting content. Uh, I'll just leave it at that for now. If, if you're interested in talking to me uh, on a podcast like this one, because you're at a crossroads in your poker career, check out a link in the description below. Um, without further ado, though, let's get into the show. Uh, here's me uh, sitting down with Henry Kilbane. All right, here we are. Uh, Henry, thank you for being here. Um, being my uh, guinea pig, trying out uh, this podcast, essentially. Um, how have you been? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, thank you for trusting me enough to, to be your guinea pig as well. That's actually uh, means a lot. So thank you. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely happy to have you. I think it's going to be great. Um, I, I, I mean, I was telling you this a little bit beforehand, but my, my kind of thought for this particular format um, was it would generally be with somebody uh, lesser known than yourself. Uh, I, I would envision people actually like, I don't know, completing a survey or, or writing in to, um, to come on. But um, since I don't have a podcast yet, uh, I didn't want, I didn't want to like, uh, yeah, calling all potential podcast guests. Uh, just let me know if you want to be on something that doesn't exist yet. And, um, you being someone who I know pretty well, and, and we've had a lot of conversations sometimes around kind of similar topics to what we're going to dive into. And, um, you know, of a younger generation than me, not, not like the, you're no longer the, the 21 year old, but I'm not, I know, <laughs> but it's still, uh, still earlier in your career. Um, and so basically, uh, yeah, let, let's just start. And the, the idea, uh, as you know, is, uh, I just want to start by, by talking about your poker journey thus far and, and go from there. So when would you say, uh, you found poker and how? Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, well, I dis discovered poker uh, when I was like 13 or 14 um, on Zinger Poker on Facebook. 
Um, and things weren't going great at school. Uh, I, I was kind of like skipping classes. I was just being a bit uh, yeah, reckless and rebelling against my teenagers. And uh, some of the older guys from like a few years higher than me um, were actually playing poker for like, you know, two cent, five cent in the cafes outside of school. And they saw me playing on the computer and said, Henry, why are you playing for like fake money? Come and actually play poker. Um, and I just remember uh, thinking that it was really important to have cards that you can make a royal flush with. And that was the main focus for the first month was trying to make a royal flush. Um, but I was hooked pretty much from then. And then I ended up dropping out of school um, when I was 16. Told my parents I was going to pursue it full time, which obviously they, they weren't too thrilled with. And um, yeah, I had a, had a friend deposit uh, money for me because I wasn't 18, which mm -hmm. I apologize uh, <laughs> for, for doing that when I was 16. But I forgive um, you. Thank you. And, uh, and yeah, it was just for, for me, the main thing that, that really just like hooked me straight away uh, from like a competitive point of view was the long-term reward system of outsmarting and outthinking your opponent. Um, because for me, that kind of reward system meant a lot. Um, I felt like, especially at the time when I first got into it, I was like, wow, this is great. Like you're actually getting rewarded and you're incentivized to try and be smarter than the person next to you or try and make like as or lesser mistakes than them. Um, in the hope that you know variance in the long term will uh yeah be you know kind to you and that was it that was just it for me um that the fact that you could like you'd have proof um hopefully uh you know in terms of trophies in terms of uh, money assets whatever uh to kind of prove your competence as a poker player yeah and fast forward 10 years later and i'm still uh I still love it. I still, I still, I still do have a love for the game, um, but it's definitely changed, obviously, uh, compared to then. Yeah. So, but a couple of things come to mind there. One is, uh, so you were struggling in school, and then you spoke about, you know, kind of uh, getting recognized and rewarded for for competence. Did you feel like? Did you feel like you were not prior to poker? Not. Do you feel like you were? more talented than you were given credit for or let's say like looked at in school yeah so uh i i know you and i uh, as friends have maybe discussed this uh, off streamer just to give the the viewers a bit of a background um i was born and raised in the united kingdom um and when i was 14 uh, i came home from school one day and my parents said you're moving to bulgaria which is a country in eastern europe and Although I learned the language really quickly, um, it was pretty evident that I'd gone from being like a straight A student. Um, I was already looking into, you know, universities in the UK um, to it being very clear that I was either going to fail um, high school or I was going to get, you know, uh, the type of results that wouldn't get me into any form of further education unless it was paid for. Um, just because of the language barrier, you know, you can imagine 14 trying to learn advanced mathematics or chemistry in Bulgarian. Um, and for me, it felt like, and, and by the way, I, I love my parents. We're, we're very close. Um, but at the time it was a family business decision. And I felt like my education had been kind of brushed to the side, um, 
for the benefit of the whole family, which I completely understand again from my parents' point of view. Um, but I was struggling. I was I was really struggling. I was in a very small town in uh, Eastern Europe, uh, going from London to like uh, a population of ten thousand people, and and yeah, it was just like okay, well, it looks like you're gonna fail school. Um, you're good with you're good with money. You're good with business. You're good with ideas. Um, and then that's when I discovered poker, and I was like, okay, well, this will potentially give me the earning capabilities at this age that I'm at now. Um, where you normally need, you know, experience or you need connections to get like a good job at the age of 16, 17. Um, and it was just my idea to uh, to basically use poker as a way to fund whatever it was that I wanted to pursue at that time. Um, and then obviously, fast forward 10 years, it actually led on led into like an actual career. Yeah, no, I can relate to that. I always what I always loved about poker was uh, kind of similar, you're directly rewarded for how well you play and, and, you know, yeah. no politics involved or, um, you know, it's not where you went to school. It's not who, you know, although as we know, some of that is, is there are ways to benefit from that in poker too. For sure. Um, yeah. but yeah, no, I get that. So when you dropped out at 16, you said, yeah, did uh, you started at 14 and you dropped out at 16, but you were playing at first just for Royal flushes. Were, had you had some success at that point at 16? Uh, yeah, so so we ended up um, we ended up organizing a home game uh, between me and some close buddies of mine. Well, I say close buddies, like high school friends at the time. Um, age gap or like between fifteen to twenty five, basically. Uh, but it'd be a very consistent thing, four, five, sometimes seven nights a week. Um, and after a couple of months it was very evident that there were like two clear winners in the game me and my best friend who has also had a, a lot of success um in poker but he has always lent towards uh being anonymous so i'll keep his name out of the picture but he, he's he's definitely um excelled uh and it's been nice to excel alongside by him but yeah far, uh, going back um we had gone from this like two cent five cent game to both having like $500 to our name, for example, um, which at the time when we were like 15, um, that was like a lot of money. And we were the only ones that were kind of like in that kind of profit. So we ended up reaching out. I think we both reached out to the same friend actually to to make the deposits for us. And and I lost everything within like the first 10 minutes of, uh, or sorry, the first night of like getting my money online as you do. Um, I, I think I had like $10 left, ended up playing some $8 80 turbo on stars back in the day when first, first place was like 4k, 5k, um, and, and ran really deep in that. I think I cashed for like 3k, um, eventually or something silly like that, but that, that was enough to just like, that, that was like the fuel, right? Cause, cause yeah. at the time, um, 3k was just like, wow. Like that's just that's ridiculous, you know. Like fifteen, sixteen years old. That's yeah. And you uh, didn't have, you didn't have, like when when I think I dropped out of college, I was, um, I mean, I wasn't a great student. I was doing fine, and I was more than halfway through uh, my my way to a degree. But you were, yeah, you were part way through high school, and prospects were not looking good at that point for. No, like you, you hadn't. You're. you're yeah, I can get how like not much success is required to to even even if you're being like obviously at 15 16 you're 
you're not not ready to make huge life decisions. But even if, <laughs> but true. even if you were thinking extremely clearly, uh, it does make sense that you know uh, that it, that it was a reasonable option for you. Yeah, I mean, f- for me, there's a lot of uh, just like background stuff that that come into a, a lot of the key decisions and mistakes that I've made um, over the last decade. Like I, I come from a family of immigrants, uh, Irish, Italian immigrants. And from a very young age, we were taught uh, how important money was because my family never had it. Um, I remember my mom used to um, reward us for learning the alphabet from the age of two. She used to literally, for every correct letter, she would give us 2p, which is like the equivalent of like two cents in America. Um, and it would be like in a savings jar. So very early on, um, I was very money driven. Uh, e- even as a kid, like I started my own company when I was like 10. Like, I used to buy and sell sweets because um, yeah. I-, I asked my parents for an Xbox. They said, we can't afford it. If you want one, you need to like earn the money for it. So I was like, okay, well, can I use my Christmas and birthday money? Um, and then that's, and obviously then when I discovered poker, um, and just like saw the money behind it and then the money that could potentially be earned um, if you like applied yourself correctly, that was kind of it for me because I knew that I uh, I never wanted to work for someone. I didn't ever like want to boss it. It turns out that that wasn't, uh, that didn't actually happen for me. I did actually end up going broke a few occasions. I had to get like a job and whatnot, but that was the main thing for me was like the freedom behind it and being able to work for yourself, kind of choose your own wage or salary, if you will, depending on like how much effort you put in and whatnot. And yeah. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. And so it seems like the, I mean, if, if I were to pick two main drivers for you, it was um, financial and um, kind of, I don't know if it's fair to say, but like validation or hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finding success—the correct word. Success that you, you know, felt you were capable of or deserved. Um, uh, it was definitely you, a craving. Um, yeah. For 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 many years, the the first what from sixteen till twenty one, uh, my parents were very against poker, um, in in a very extreme way. Like my my mom gave me an ultimatum when I was like seventeen. When I I think it was the first time I lost my role. Um, I was like 17, almost 18. And I went to her, told her I was, I was broke. Um, she asked me how, and I told her, you know, I like shot took a, a, a game that I basically shouldn't have at the time. Um, cause, uh, my ego was, uh, <laughs> through the roof. Uh, that's maybe something else we could jump into, but yeah. And then, um, she said, well, you either leave home if you want to pursue poker, uh, or you get a job. And I was like, okay, well, I'm broke, so I can't <laughs> can't, <laughs> yeah. can't leave home. And uh, yeah, she basically uh, paid for my flight back to the UK um, and paid for me to get like driving lessons. Um, and yeah, and then that was it. Like poker wasn't really discussed from the age of like 17 and a half until 19 and a half because every time it would get mentioned or every time I would get caught playing poker, it would just lead to like an argument. And, and I, but again, uh, I don't want anyone to think I put my parents on blast. I completely understand uh, everything that they were doing and saying at the time. Um, and yeah, it wasn't until I, I, I went to Atlantic City for the first time when I was 21. And the, the, the validation that you're talking about, the, the craving that I was, uh, that I, yeah, the craving that I had to be 
respected by my parents, my family, uh, my peers as well. Um, didn't happen until that age. And I think my parents must have, the, the way my mum has said it to me, they were both sat on the, the couch at home on Facebook and I had uploaded a picture from the Empire State Building in New York. And they were like, well, I guess Henry seems like he's all right now. <laughs> uh, and then ever since then, they've been my biggest fans. And it's amazing. I'm very blessed because uh, my, my parents really are just insanely supportive now. Awesome. Uh, but for years, it was it was quite the battle trying to like convince them that this was just something that I, I just knew from a very early age that this was something that I wanted to pursue. And I think you need to have that kind of passion. And it's not maybe not a necessity, but I, I think it's a, somewhat of a requirement when it comes to this game. I do too. I think that, uh, you know, I've, uh, across my career, I've met a lot of people who came into poker because their friends were making good money playing poker and they didn't really care about yeah. the game. They just thought it was some easy money. And um, <laughs> most of them didn't, did not last uh, as long as you need, yeah, you need the passion. Um, yeah. And yeah, it sounds like your parents just were worried just, about just your decision parents. making when one of the best for you. Yeah. Which, yeah 100%. Uh, most would be. So then I guess when, well, let's, let's, let's fast forward. So um, let's try to get um, from then till now, kind of quickly as far as your poker journey uh so you started with tournaments uh yeah i mean started with tournaments in the sense that i was like 16 17 and had no live cash games available and then um 18 to the age of 21 it was a lot behind my my parents back whilst i was working just like in between jobs building a role losing it building a role losing it and whenever I'd like shot take. Um, and then, like I said, 21, uh, did like a road trip around America, just discovered how soft live cash games were, um, just in general, not necessarily in the States, but just in general, I think um, yeah. live cash games and were a really good way for me to like build a role. Um, and then there, there, there's been like hiccups along the way, definitely where I have felt if I've, one X amount in live games that I could then transition to online um, and compete at like the same stakes, which just is not the case. So just like disclaimer for anyone out there that's beating like 1025 live that thinks that they can go and beat 500 zoom. You're just so wrong. It's insane how good the online guys are. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I got humbled a few times. I definitely got humbled a few times over the last like four or five years. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's my career. I mean, you know, maybe better than most is a bit of a weird one because just as I was starting to be comfortable in calling myself a professional poker player from like a live cash game background was when I kind of fell into commentary. I kind of fell into uh, the behind the scenes part of the industry, the media part. And from a very early stage in my professional career, um, I, I when people ask me, how long I think I've been a professional. I would think that I've been professional for five years. That's how long I've been like living off of this game. Yeah. Before that, it was like ups and downs. But ever since I turned professional, um, a year in, I started doing commentary on a very high level, um, almost overnight. And I was put into a, a somewhat weird spot, if you will, in the sense that I didn't have to embrace variants like my peers did because I was getting paid um, pretty decent salary from the age of like 22 um just jumping behind closed doors into the commentary booth 
and commentating on a game that I loved. And yeah. I would lose, let's say, you know, five, 10K uh, in a month. And I'd be like, oh, well, I'm sending such and such an invoice for 5K this month or 7K. So it's only actually a minus 2K month. It's all good. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of a blessing and a curse. I'll be completely honest with you. It's, yeah. it's definitely made me extremely complacent um over the years i definitely feel like i haven't excelled and had the same drive and passion as some of the people um that i've grown up around with have because they haven't had that safety net they haven't had that kind of comfort to to get lazy um with the effort that they're putting in um and yeah that, that's definitely been my my vice in my career if you will like the my uh my poison if, if, if you will yeah, I mean, I think you might be, obviously it's, it's, uh, on the whole, a good thing to have opportunity, like options and to have, uh, kind of call it a backup plan or call it, you know, variance reducer, uh, variance reduction of sorts. I mean, obviously mm. I, I do think when, when you only have one way to make money, um, it doesn't, it allows you, doesn't allow you to get as complacent. Um, For sure. so I get that, but I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people I know get lazy at various points in their careers. Um, either, you know, you have some, you have like a, a few good months and you're like, I got this. I'm, uh, I'm yeah. <laughs> you have a big score and you're like, I got this. I, you know, no rush. Um, so there, there are, I, I think if, if not, if that wasn't making you lazy, there, something could or would have at, at points. Mm. Uh, but no, I, I, I hear you. I think it, it does um, perhaps hamper your growth a little bit. Yeah. And so, I mean, w mm -hmm. would you not say that for you, it's, it's true over the years being, uh, uh, being like a public figure within the, the poker industry that you've been in situations where you felt like you've needed to like prove yourself as a poker player as well, or is that not something you've, you've struggled with? I no, actually, I, it's something I struggled with. I mean, I think probably felt pretty similar to you, although for different reasons, uh, I feel like they were more internal, but I wanted to prove myself and I wanted to get more public recognition when I thought I was really good and nobody knew about me. Um, okay. but once like, I mean, I think now people think I'm better than I am. So I like, I, I don't really, <laughs> have, I don't have, um, I don't have that chip on my shoulder. Uh, and I have, I haven't for a while. Um, but I did, I did for, for a long time want want that recognition when, you know, you're watching people play on TV and, um, they would have no chance yeah. against you yet that, you know, they're, they're household names and nobody knows who you are. Um, and I think yeah. a lot of people, you know, my generation, uh, had that kind of the, the, you know, the first ish online generation, um, yeah, first online generation before kind of the online world, starting with Tom Dwan kind of entered the live, uh, or, yeah. or TV poker, um, and, and, the, and the public eye. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I mean, I, I did. It's definitely you, you guys are, you, you, you were definitely the first generation to kind of become like famous, if you will. Whereas I don't think, I don't think my generation, and I definitely don't think the young, the youngest generation, like the 18, 19 year olds, I, I, I'm struggling to think of too many, like Landon Tice comes to mind. Um, well, it's mostly going to be. It's mostly going to be Twitch and YouTube now uh, yeah. for, for the younger generations because t poker on TV, especially in America, which is where I 
consume most of my poker content uh, or have, yeah. you know, a- after 2011, just, uh, just kind of died. Um, yeah. More or less. And so, yeah, it's been hard to, and I think that, I think the industry is still recovering from that. I mean, it's definitely still recovering from that, but yeah. in the way, but especially in, um, you know, basically had in, in 2011 from, from 2003 to 2011 was the like heyday of televised poker. And it had the same people essentially on, on your TVs, the same, the same, uh, top players and famous players. And then, then it just kind of stopped. And so now we're almost 20 years removed from the beginning of that. And, you know, fifth, like 15 to 20 years removed from, from that era of televised poker. But that's still like the last thing pe- most of the public kind of yeah. knows. And so we're still kind of stuck with, it's hard to introduce new faces um, to it people is. who want to see who they recognize. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, I think, um, well, you, 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 you were one of the people that was like there for me when I was having a tough time pretty much this well not this time last year about eight nine months ago and and that that was one of the biggest challenges for me because i felt like i couldn't go to anyone else my age um because i I had made up this like uh this thing the thing in my head where i was doing commentary for you know these 100k high rollers and you know the best players in the world like yourself included i was commentating on the the galphon challenge and all of a sudden I had people and we had thousands of people watching the Galphon Challenge. I had thousands of people tuning in for the party poker and the WSOP stuff asking for my credentials. You know, they wanted receipts and I was like, I can't, I can't give you receipts. Like I don't play tournaments. I I've always kind of treated poker as like a, a lifestyle business, if you will, where it's just funded my travels and I've been happy you know, just jumping between 50 to 100k a year. And as long as I've got that like safety net. Um, and, and yeah, I just put like put a lot of pressure on um, what the public perception was of me. And I couldn't really turn to anyone my own age or like similar in age and be like, oh, can you relate? And then it wasn't until I spoke to, to, to you and some other people um, from the old guard that have, you know, have battled with public opinions and whatnot over the years and uh kind of helped me just kind of realize that who who cares what other people think of you at the end of the day if you're happy and those closest to you are are happy with who you are and your values and your ethics and code of conduct are something that's true to yourself then who cares what twitch user you know one two three has to say about you yeah i mean i i'm curious i'll start with me uh, but I'm curious if you're there. Cause I, I think everybody knows that that's where we want to get to. That's where, that's kind of how we should be thinking, but mm. I, I, I care what people think about me. And I ha I have, I probably care more than average or more than the average person, even though I consider myself generally like even keeled and have a good head on my shoulders. <laughs> um, I, I, I probably care more than the average person, what people think about me. But for me, it's more specific. Like I, I don't really care if anybody thinks that that I'm smart or not. Mm-hmm. I don't care if anybody thinks I'm good at poker or not. Okay. And maybe that's because those are two things that I just am confident in and then that's that. But I still want people to like me. I want them to think that. I mean, that, that's kind of the overarching, you know, I, wa- I want to be well-liked and, um, yeah. and I still care what people think. 
and it seems like, and I do care about how good I am, but more for me. Um, yeah. And so my question to you is, how, how far have you gotten on your journey to not caring what a random user on Twitch thinks, or let's say a peer thinks about mm -hmm. either, you know, you as a person or your game? Yeah, oh, well, uh, unfortunately, uh, I, I think you already know me well enough to know the true answer, so I can't really bullshit about this uh, <laughs> on stream, but I, I definitely, um, especially in exchanges that, that we've had, I've always like, I don't want to let you down, Phil. You know, if, if I say something, I want to follow through on it. Um, so when it comes, I, I think for me, the line of caring and not caring normally comes down to if whether I respect the person on the opposite side of the line. So if it's someone that I look up to and I'm striving to, to kind of uh, become more like, whether it's like on a professional level, whether it's just like as a human being, um, I definitely am above the threshold of caring. Like I, I care too much, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, I, don't, I don't know, maybe, maybe you could probably tell. Um, but now I think I've been called every name under the sun when it comes to like Twitch because that's just Twitch in general. It can be a very toxic environment. Uh, when it comes to like looks or my commentary or the way I break down a hand, um, I just, I don't really care because the companies are still calling me up. I'm still getting the gigs. Therefore, I would like to assume that the reason that I'm being employed is because I'm doing a somewhat decent job uh, when it comes to commentary. Um, but from a poker point of view, I still struggle. Um, I struggle when people challenge um, challenge me, whether it's not so much on Twitch. Like Twitch is definitely a place or YouTube um, where I just detach myself from those types of emotions. Mm -hmm. But for example, when I come to a place like King's Resort um, to, to cover a series and someone will say, oh, but you're not a professional poker player, right? You just do the commentary for these guys. That like sometimes I feel like I need to like prove myself. I'm like, well, and and the other person doesn't mean any harm by it either. They yeah. just don't know. They they've only heard me do commentary, um, and again, it just kind of falls back into that category of like, well, where are your receipts, Henry? Like, okay, sure, you've been traveling around playing poker, but like, not everyone's been following that journey for the last five six years. So, of course, people are going to challenge. Um, your professionalism, like your your understanding of the game, and, and I don't blame them either. But I definitely care about trying to like prove myself uh, to people, maybe more so than I should. Um, well, it sounds like the interesting thing is that it sounds like with commentary, um, what's important to you is not what what random people think, but what you think about yourself. And you mm. talked about the evidence of, you know, companies are still calling you up. You're still getting gigs. And so would it be fair to say that in that sense, it's more like if you were doubting yourself a lot, that would bother you. But as long as you're confident in yourself, the, the kind of criticism from people you don't know or. I, I think self-doubt has just always been a, sure. a huge issue for, for me um, on a personal level. Um, again, something that you and I have definitely spoken about uh, in private, but just like put out there. Um, I I am the, the type of person where, you know, 
a few sessions don't go my way and I, I, I start questioning everything. And it's definitely like a, a huge mindset leak of, of mine. Um, and, and the reality is, is like, I'm, I'm very good at talking the talk when it comes to what needs to be done um, in order to succeed in poker and to make it as a poker player. Um, but I'm not, as, I'm not so good at following through and following my own advice uh, when it comes to walking the walk as well, as well, you know? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think first of all, you're very self-aware, but second of all, I think you're, you're probably too hard. Well, you're definitely too hard on yourself, but in, in things like this, like everybody, basically everybody is like that to a degree. Um, and I think everybody, I, I think, a, um, I think everybody assumes that everybody else just has it together, um, much more than yeah. they do, um, like by far. And it's really, um, and I always did. It wasn't until I think, I don't know, in my early twenties, I made some, some really close friends who, you know, <laughs> would have uh, deep enough conversations that we'd get to really know each other and then realize, oh, Hey, everybody, <laughs> you know, we're all yeah. human. Um, and I think that's, I think some people who, um, pr probably more male than female never like go through life with friendships that never involve conversations like that. They, they, um, they assume that, that, uh, yeah, the way they are is, is not okay. And is different than, than everybody else when, uh, you know, yeah. these kind of like self-doubt and, um, knowing what to do, but not doing it. That's, that's, that's all of us. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think by the way, uh, just to, just kind of give you a lot of credit for, for the, especially like my generation and the people that, that look up to you, um, that there's definitely been times where you've been very vulnerable on social media and it goes without saying um, that it really is appreciated because it they th these are subjects that you, you might be afraid to like speak up about. Um, I'm, I'm talking about the people at home like watching and, yeah. and I've definitely been in environments as well. Like I've, I've had some weird situations over the last like year or so, Phil, where um, I'm like the old guy in the group, which is sounds crazy because I'm 26, but I'm hanging out with like a bunch of these 500 Zoom online crushes at like 21, 22. Um, and I'm like, dude, like just be vulnerable with me for five minutes. Like we can have a conversation other than like, this frequency-based decision that you made yeah. uh, three months ago against a certain player because, like, Pio told you to. And it's just like, you're going to go through life as a very successful poker player, but one day you're going to wake up and you're going to be 26, 27, 30, maybe even older, and you're going to look back and be like, shit. Like, I don't even know, you know who my actual like friends are. I don't even know who, who I can go to for these real world problems. And I've been very fortunate. I, I, I mean, I, I hope, or I, I feel like I've been fortunate enough to, to have kind of been that person to some of the younger guys that I hang out with, um, who have really grown. It's been, it's been, it's been like a pleasure for me to see them grow as like people, um, just like on a from like a from character building point of view and like self awareness point of view, where over time they realize that I don't want to talk about Munker and Pio and poker twenty four seven. I, I when I get close to people, I, I want to know people. You know, I want to know what wakes you up in the morning. I want to know what keeps you up at night. You know, I want to 
hear hear the good stuff and the bad stuff as just as a friend yeah. and uh yeah I, i've got some friends now that i hope I, I have for life um that i've been hanging out with for the past couple of years and it's been amazing to kind of see them grow uh, as people but not everyone is that fortunate and i think people aren't that fortunate because they think it's important to signal how good they are at poker uh how in the lab they are just how competent they are with you know the modern day technologies and and all of these like really intricate parts of the game tree uh just to feel accepted just to, to get like that validation of oh my god he's you know winning x amount of big blinds per hundred because he's like doing this that and the other and there, there's there are more things to life than uh running sims yeah no opinion. i mean i think that the 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 theme of this conversation has become uh how much everybody cares about what other people think of them uh, <laughs> pretty much it's just uh it's it's like a plague on uh on society um yeah so so on the on that note we talked about commentary you do have some self-doubt some self-doubt there but mm. enough that if you're getting the evidence that you're doing well the the you know the random comments don't bother you but with poker skill that's not the case and so is it something different about poker skill in general um or is it that you have less confidence in your own poker skill um i think it's just because i i know myself well i would like to think i know myself well enough that i know when i'm putting in the right amount of effort and when i'm not and more often than not uh again because i've been fortunate and and i've got a decent safety net and and i've got things to like fall back on um when the two options are presented to me to grind and you know just really get in there study spots that i've been getting put in the bin in uh, you know, l discuss hands with people that are much better than me and just like open my mind or, you know, go and chill out for a week or, on a beach. It, it's normally the beach or it's normally, you know, um, the, the the life EV decision, if you will, um, for like a 26 year old. Um, but also like to be just completely transparent, I once I started earning um enough money to keep me afloat and, and don't get me wrong at the start you know uh in europe the i think uh the average salary across europe is maybe like thirty thousand euros um so once i was like earning more than two thousand euros a month um that was just like that was it for me was just to treat poker like a lifestyle business to be able to enjoy my 20s and to get to do all the things that my parents and grandparents would always like say they regretted never doing. Um, and there was never really any drive to become someone like yourself, for example, to, to reach the top of a certain food chain within the poker hierarchies. Um, and, and that was, that's okay with me. And it still is okay with me to be perfectly honest with you. Like I'm, I'm not looking to play Venny Vidi heads up for 25 K hands. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to, um win trophies and grind circuits and and just be playing 24 7 i i just really want to look back in 40 years and say jesus man when i was 20 i you know i was in my 20s i i did everything that i wanted to do and uh, i think so far i've i've kind of kept true to that um and, and um, that's that's something that 
I don't regret doing. Yeah, that's. I mean, I, I'm going to challenge you a little bit here because, you know, it's, well, a couple of things. One, which they we've spoken in the past a little bit about, um, yeah. you know, interest in uh, like getting Legacy. into more events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. like WSOP events, uh, things like that. Um, and, and, and also it does, this is not so much a challenge, but it does seem like, so you don't necessarily want to be considered the best in the world, but you do still want to be considered good, competent, uh, professional. Yeah. I, and it's, it's a good challenge as well. And I, yeah. I appreciate it because something that I do, um, and I will put my hands up as high as possible for is, uh, it's just chop and change, uh, yeah. and I'm I'm very renowned for it. And my 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 real life friends as well. Uh, my friends like outside of poker. I don't know why I called them real life friends. It's my <laughs> poker friends yeah. are, are real life friends as well. But my 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 non poker friends yeah. uh, call me out on it a, a lot as well. In in the sense that like um, I will be interested in grinding for for two months nonstop and just like really improving and just putting in hours and and getting good and then i won't get rewarded straight away for the effort that i put in so then i'll just like okay well i'll go back to old habits i know that i can beat that game um that that 10 10 game at such and such for a decent hourly and i know that that funds the lifestyle that i've become accustomed to so why would i risk you know putting all of that on the line um and I'm believing in myself really more than anything because like to to step outside the comfort zone of a certain win rate or a certain game that you can beat mm-hmm. uh, to to improve uh, at stakes and against players and in, in games that you aren't necessarily proven in yet. Um, that can be quite a daunting thing to pursue, especially especially as a poker player and, and a young one at that because... I think my biggest fear and biggest reason for chopping and changing is because if I fail, uh, like if if I lose my role uh, at now at this age, I feel like I will have to go back with like my tail between my legs kind of thing and everyone will be like, oh, we told you to go to university instead of pursuing poker all those years ago, we told you to get this job. Like we, we told you that, you know, and that has definitely been one of the biggest mental blockages um, for me is every time I found the motivation to improve every time I've spoken with you, for example, uh, about the game and I'll be pumped for a month or two months or, you know, even just a couple of weeks a couple of weeks into it or the first hiccup or the first thing that doesn't go my way, there'll just be like a little miniature version of me on my shoulder saying, see Henry, now you know that you can make X amount of year, uh, X amount of money each year playing that game because you've done it for the last three years. Like the evidence is there. So why are you now trying to do this when you're already facing more resistance, tougher challenges, uh, more complex spots, than you ever have up until now. Why, why are you trying to change something that works? Yeah. Well, you have you know? also you have you have had that happen. But you had that when you were I forget now, seventeen, eighteen, seventeen. You did have to go back 
with your tail between your legs because you'd tried it and not worked out. Mm. You said you'd had experiences where you've gone broke and had to yeah. grind back up. And so, I mean, it, it's probably um, uh, too strong of a word to call it trauma, but but like you've had those events. Like, do you think that that exacerbates your fear of the same thing happening again? Um, I mean, potentially it, it would make sense, yeah. right? Like yeah. it, it would make sense that on a subconscious level, that is, is one of the things, but looking back, I, I feel like I didn't care at the time. I was like 17, you know, oh, like, I was an idiot when I was, I was an idiot when I was 22, like let alone 17. Like I thought I knew, knew everything. And probably in five years time, I'm going to look back at something like this. When I'm 26, I'll be like, Jesus, Henry, like Phil, <laughs> Phil was giving you like so many golden nuggets and you just like, um, but no, I, I think it's just like an age thing as well right now. Um, mm. like, okay, it's, it's hilarious because I'm, I know I'm only 26 and, yeah. <laughs> and, and the crazy thing is, is, um, a lot of the people that I really look up to, um, and the, the peers, um, that I've been fortunate enough to, you know, call friends in the poker community such as yourself, uh, and sorry for like putting this out there, but you have a few years on me, yeah. you know, and, and I, I do need to kind of just like rewind, remind myself every now and then is that 26 is still pretty young when it comes to poker career. And I think there might be a few people at home that can relate to growing up watching poker on YouTube and TV and seeing these young superstars like Fadal comes to mind, Toby Lewis, mm -hmm. um, Ben Wilanowski, like these guys winning EPTs, uh, winning WPTs, winning bracelets. But for every Fedor, like there's oh, yeah. there's literally a thousand uh, disappointed nineteen year olds. Yeah. You know, for for every Ben Wilanowski, there's like a thousand disappointed. For every nineteen year old that entered the EPT, or every nineteen year old that entered the World Series of Poker Europe main event. There's only one Adrian Mateos, right? There's yeah. like thousands that didn't make it. And I think even until like now I'm 26, it's very easy to look at your career um, from between the, that age group and be like, well, like I haven't made it because I haven't done what Adrian Mateos has done. I haven't done what Fadal done. Therefore, you know, because Fadal did it by the time he was 24 and I haven't then you know, what's the point? Yeah, um, no, I get it. I mean, I think it's, it's not unique to poker too. Everybody sees yeah. Yeah, their yeah, peers yeah. succeeding or, or, you know, wh whether it's people on TV or people, you know, running a huge business, you know, whatever field you're in, or just seeing your friends that, that are succeeding more than you in one yeah. thing or another. I think it's easy for that to, well, to take us from what we think we want to do and make us think we want to do something else for for, yeah, well, uh, it, for a period of time. It's a great mental model, uh, the power mm -hmm. of contrast, right? Like, yeah. it, if I look at the YouTube videos or the ESPN series that I used to watch, um, or like Instagram profiles of these like top pros, like in my mind, the way my mind interprets it, or it did, um, or everyone in general is like, you're uh, you're projecting a ten out of ten lifestyle. Right, yeah. a, a person that is at the top of the food chain has achieved everything there is to achieve, 
but what you don't realize is because of the lens that you're looking through uh you're looking at these people and their accomplishments is that you're a 21 year old you're earning like 50k tax-free money and you're beating you know i don't know 200 zoom online or um 510 live like you've already achieved a lot more than a, a lot of people have you know tried and failed over the years like you need to give yourself a pat on the back and a bit more credit and this kind of circles back to me talking the talk but then not necessarily being compassionate and loving with myself when when it comes to like uh what i feel like or what i've achieved um because i'm always comparing it to yourself for example or like for other, other people that have achieved way more yeah i mean i think that the tricky thing is there's always going to be let's say there are a lot of different areas in, in life and you can only dedicate so much of yourself to each of them because you only have mm. so many hours in your day and so much focus um, and, and kind of even so much like passion and drive to give to something. And there's always going to be somebody who's taking the approach of being all in on something. Yeah. And, you know, the group of people who, fr from the group of people that are spending 90% of their waking hours thinking about poker, studying poker, playing poker, some of them are going to be the ones that, that rise to the top. And, it, you know, some, some people that have a more balanced life might get there too, but fewer. And so then let's say you're, you're, you're one of those and you just dive fully into, let's say, challenging yourself to be as good as you can be. Mm. Well, now maybe because at the start of the challenge, you're not doing as well financially. Now maybe you're not having social life. And you, you have friends who are, you know, living a life that you envy. There, there's always going to be something that can kind of draw you back to, oh, I'm missing out on that. Or, oh, I, yeah. you know, yeah, I, yeah. I wish there was that. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's just like, it's never ending, uh, by it the way. Really is. Or at, actually, at, at least till 36. It's not, I don't know, about the future. <laughs> but, um, I'm glad but to hear it. Yeah. So that was 10 years ago. So what would you say that you... What do you say, what would you say that you are, if anything, trying to decide now in terms of where to put your focus? Let, let's, let's talk career wise first. I guess. Okay. Firstly, that's a fantastic question. Um, <laughs> secondly, uh, to answer your question, I think I've only, I would like to think I've only just started figuring it out. Um, and again, I might look back on this in five years' time and think, no, Henry, you hadn't figured any of it out. But I have been fortunate enough to be able to speak to you in private. I've been fortunate enough to speak to other very successful people in private. And one of the things that I've learned through conversing with people such as yourself is that um, everyone's got their own thing going on. You know, mm -hmm. everyone's like, not everyone's got it figured out. And and for me, that was like a massive, that was definitely this year. Like I, I it, it was, I would say as recent as like six months ago, I figured this out. And that was like a massive weight off my shoulder. Um, realizing that it was okay that I didn't really know what direction I wanted to go in. And um, the, re the main re realization that I had was what poker had meant to me up until now. And the truth is, is that I've always treated poker as a lifestyle business. And I've never admitted that to myself up until recently. Mm -hmm. um, I've well, like, 
I've always thought, or I've always lied to myself, to be completely honest. I, I've always lied to myself that I've put in as much effort as possible, as I possibly could into poker. And that is just not the case. But the reality is, is that I don't want to put in that much effort either. Like, I don't, I, I don't think I'm the type of person that is capable of waking up and 95% of my day being poker. Um, mm -hmm. I, the, the way that I view the world and, and especially the way that I would like to view it for myself, uh, up until now, and at least for, for the next couple of years is like, I want to see things, you know, I want to tell you how hot it is in the Vegas deserts, you know, or, or, you know, in Australia, I want to tell you about certain museums and cities that I've been to. Like, I, I want those experiences and you talk about balance and like the more balanced lifestyles are more difficult to get to the very top of the food chain. Um, and that's something that has become more and more clear to me. I don't think I had that clarity up until recently. Um, and it wasn't really until I saw some of the younger guys, some of the 21, 22 year olds that are really crushing Mm -hmm. uh online and it is insane you know just how they think about the game like i'm i'm lost after speaking with them for five minutes um but i've learned to be okay with that like that's what they've chosen and they're happy with their choice at the moment maybe it will change for them in five years who who knows and maybe it will change for me you know maybe in two years time i'll be like wow i feel like i've seen everything i wanted to see um I've got a decent network. I've got a decent amount of liquidity behind me. Like, let's jump into it for 12 months and just go absolutely ham and see where it takes us. Like, that might be something that I pursue. But for now, um, yeah, it's always been a lifestyle business. I've never dedicated 100% of my time and efforts to poker because I've given other things more importance, um, such as freedom and traveling. And um, for me at the moment, I... The, the one the one consistent thing that has been there since day one since the moment I discovered what poker is until this very moment that we're having in this in this uh, interview if you will is I've always loved poker content that is the one thing that I've always loved and it's always been consistent whenever my passion for poker has gone away doesn't matter the poker content has still been there I've still been watching YouTube twitch you know run at once trading videos or whatever it is just to get the plug in there. Um, but that's the one consistent thing that I can truly look back at over the last 10, 11 years and say, it's always been there. And the thing is, is like, I love creating poker content as well. I love being involved in people's projects and I love commentary. Uh, I love YouTube and whether that would be the case in years time, I don't know. But for the time being, I'm really enjoying just playing games that I'm comfortable in, games that I know I've got like a high enough win rate that I don't really need to worry too much about variance. Uh, apologies to people that play in my game. I'm not trying to like say that, you know. Um, and I am enjoying working on my own, uh, my, own brand's uh, my own brand's project at the moment um, as well. Just putting out a lot of content on Twitch, uh, Instagram, and, and seeing where it goes. I mean, I'm, I'm, it makes me very happy that you're kind of, you know, from last time we spoke, um, seems like you have a lot more clarity and, and, uh, especially contentment 
uh, or mm. maybe acceptance of, of, you know, not being able to do it all. Uh, and, and yeah, the t- contentment that comes from that. Yeah. I, I think I've always been, uh, you know, if you, if you chase two rabbits, you end up, you wind up with none kind yeah. of thing. And, um, uh, very early on, I think just because I was like young and thrown into, um, not necessarily the, I don't want to call it the limelight, but I was given a voice. I was given a platform at a very young age, um, where I had a bit of a chip on my shoulder. I definitely had, um, uh, an ego bigger than I, than I should have, because I was like, well, if I'm getting called in to cover a hundred K, uh, like tournament, then, you know, these five, five regs need to like respect me. And, and so, yeah. and that's just like, uh, um, so yeah, I mean, there's definitely, uh, definitely like a lot of ego and stuff, uh, early on, but I, I think, I don't know. I, I mean, you, you've known me long enough now to know that I'm content one minute and then the next minute I'm yeah. like, uh, but yeah, I was there, there because of, because of all of that, um, the point that I was trying to make is that I was definitely trying to chase too many rabbits yeah. very early on. Um, I was trying to be liked by everyone. I wanted to be respected by any, everyone. Uh, on top of that, I wanted to be winning in the games that I was playing. I wanted to do commentary. I wanted to, to travel and be invited to these events. Um, and I feel like I've now kind of narrowed down what I want to give time and value to. Um, and yeah, we'll see if that's going to stick or if I'm going to be crying to you on the phone in six months time. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was, uh, yeah, I was, so that the idea I had, um, you know, for this kind of, um, structure is that we maybe talk through some decisions that, that you had to make or try to come to some realizations, um, or really just any concerns that you had, but it sounds like what, you know, good for you and bad for my first, um, episode of this, that, you don't you don't have that need right now. I'm still going to challenge you a little bit, just in oh, case. Go ahead. I, I, dude, come and, on. And, uh, <laughs> so the, the the um. So you talked about getting into content more. This is not really a challenge. This uh, obviously, like, it's never it's never a uh, it's never mutually exclusive. You don't have to like either love something or be doing it to to earn some money, because I love everything that I do to, to earn money. Um, but is the idea there to kind of build up something that, that can generate income and more passive income so that, that you, you know, on top of your commentary and playing in the games, you have kind of more buffer to, to live the lifestyle you want to. Yeah, definitely. To, to answer your question, the answer is yes. Um, it is a, a brand that I hope will generate, you know, um, a decent amount of money, uh, in, in the long run. And it will be, uh, a nice passive income but the reason and, and by the way like my brand is under no uh we're, we're not trying to pretend that the reasons we're doing it aren't financially driven because that is one of the main drives but me and the guys um and, and me especially this is something that i've learned from you basically mm-hmm. and from uh again the the old guard that i've been very fortunate enough to um just be able to send a text message to and and get advice on. I think this world, this poker world um, is insanely challenging and insanely demanding. And I I think a lot of young people 
because um, I was that young person. I still am that young person, but I was 18, 19 at one point. Um, don't know what they're getting themselves into. And I'm not trying to put anyone off, but the brand that we're trying to create is we want to basically show everyone everything. Everything that is involved in being a poker player because I think the current meta for Twitch content is the sexy side of poker. The winning, the glory, the money, the fast cars, the hot chicks, the locations, all of this and the other. And and I've been guilty of that before myself. Like There, there might be people that follow me on social media and be like, oh, Henry, you're always posting like, don't get me wrong, like again, uh, the lens and whatnot um, that we look at these Instagram profiles. But the guys that I'm working with um, are some of the most unique poker minds that that i've i've ever had the pleasure of talking with and uh, a couple of them are older than me uh one of them is younger than me so i feel like we've got a very great balance so we have an age gap of about 12 years between the youngest and the eldest and our goal is not only to put out great poker content um in terms of like the highest stakes and the theory and everything behind it but we want to be vulnerable with with everyone we want to we want the camera on our face when we have a minus 50k day you know like we want to we want to show you uh you know the the crypto swings you know that we were stupid enough to to invest in as well or the sports bets that don't go away but you know we want to we want to show you how painful it can be to give your best um to to this profession and you know finish 10th 10 times in a row, yeah. you know, when there's like a bracelet on the line, or there's a WPT trophy on the line, or whatever it is. Because I don't think there are enough people out there who are as fortunate as I am to be able to send you a text message, to be able to send people like... I, Matt Burke is another person that I really mm. respect and admire. I think he's a, another very vulnerable person. Jason mm. Kuhn, another person that is just not only a brilliant mind, but just a really vulnerable and honest uh, human being. But not everyone is fortunate enough to be able to speak to people like yourselves. And I just wish that, or I'm hoping to create something that people do have that. And yeah, and I think I you have definitely, you've definitely rubbed off on me um, in where I would like to see myself in 10 years glory aside poker aside i would like to to be seen as someone that the younger generation or the generation that comes after me can kind of look up to and and, and be vulnerable and open up to me and feel like they're not going to be judged because that's how you've made me feel that's how other people in the uh from the generation before me have made me feel where they're just like henry we've been there we, we've yes. all been 25 we've all thought we knew it all we all had the ego we all thought you know, when we won our first 20K that we were the best poker player in the world. And yeah, that's that's the thing that kind of brought us together as a team. And again, I'm not trying to say that we're not going to try and make money from this because we are, like we've invested yeah. a lot of money in it. Um, and there will definitely be mistakes um, that we will make as a team where uh, we may go against what is true to us from a, because of a financial um what's the word i'm looking for incentive, uh, incentive. Or, yeah yeah, you're... yeah and we'll look back and be like shit was it worth that 50k 
uh, when we kind of went against, you know, our own code of conduct. I'm sure we're going to make that mistake. But what I know to be true to me is my younger friends, um, again, they're already like three or four years younger than me, but I like yeah. to, you know, give them advice and that. Like, I love being able to be there for them um, during those things the same way that I've really appreciated and love the fact that I can go to you and I could go to other people um, who have more experience than me, um, not just in poker, in life as well. Uh, so that's yeah, that's one thing I know to, to be true at the moment. Yeah. No, I, I love the idea. Are you launched yet? Yes. Okay. So what? Yeah. So where can people find you? Uh, so we are currently streaming on our Twitch channel, which is Overbet Express. Uh, I like it. Yeah. So Overbet Express, the, basically, we're just a group of friends trying to overbet on life. And it just so happens that the term overbet is something that we use in poker as well, although we don't get to use it in the great game of uh, Potlim Omaha. Um, but that was just like basically it. Um, and we also are on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We've only just started. Like We only have 6K followers on Twitch. Um, and because WSOP is running on GG at the moment, um, we're mainly focusing on poker. Yeah. And it won't be until you know, the grind is over and done with that we start segueing into um, like lifestyle and entertainment and like the behind the scenes raw footage and whatnot. But yeah, we seem to all be on the same page and I'm hoping um, that that's still the case uh, in six months time, 12 months time. Yeah, no, it's, that's, it's, it sounds amazing. And I agree that poker and probably a lot of industries um, or just human life in general needs, um, more of that more more behind yeah. the scenes what it's really like um and it's hard to yeah. uh it's hard to it's hard not many people want to show that that side the, of themselves so props to to you and, thanks, and everybody man. else doing it yeah the, the thing is is like for me it's pretty evident that the community's crying for for more vulnerability for more openness and you can see it in the way that people signal on Twitter, the way that the poker community signals on Instagram and whatnot. Um, and for me, it's kind of, it's kind of sad that that's the case. Like it, it's sad that, you know, we're, uh, we're so quick to like cancel someone to go after someone and, and rather just like see that we're all on this same fucking weird journey together because, you know, we all love the same game. And um, and the thing is, like, if we all love the same game and we all know the complexity of it and the swings and the struggles and everything that comes with it, then why don't we have that much empathy towards each other when certain poker players are struggling, you know? Or, you know, uh, we'll quickly be like, ha, like, this guy just got wrecked in, like, a 100K pot and whatnot. Like, why is that? the immediate response you know and don't, again don't get me wrong i know there have been people in the past that i've been thrilled to see lose money uh in, in poker games but i'm just like as a whole it would just be so much nicer to to have a more compassionate um uh community and the thing is is like i don't know what other communities are like i can only talk for for our one so there may be people from other communities be like, Henry, it's the same in the chess community. It's yeah. the same in 
the the gaming community um it's a, each man for themselves kind of thing that may be the case i i don't know it is obviously a very dog eat dog world and um but uh, i'm a bit of a dreamer when it comes to that and I, I think it's safe to say that the way that you communicate um on social media and the, the way that you carry yourself uh not only as like a poker ambassador but as a, as a human being just comes from a very kind compassionate place and i just feel like if everyone was like that or the majority of people like that, then the community would be for the better, uh, in, in my opinion. Well, thank you. And yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, more kindness, more openness, uh, never hurt anybody. Yeah. It's easy to, I, I, I do think it's entirely not poker specific. It's just, you know, we're all kind of the stars of our own movie in our yeah. head. And you know, you know, <laughs> That's so true. our entire backstory, we know what happens to us every hour of the day. Um, we know what we're feeling, we know what we're thinking. And then, you know, the further we get away from ourselves, from, you know, the people we're close to people, we, you know, know in passing and the people we see on the internet or on TV or whatever, wherever, um, you know, they just have less and less backstory, less, uh, you know, character development. And we just don't, um, it's just natural, I think, to not, well, to not think about them as much, obviously, but to not kind of quickly give them as much depth uh, as characters as, as we give ourselves yeah. they, that that's uh i don't know I, I don't want to get too like spiritual or anything but it's uh it's crazy <laughs> like the way the the world works sometimes because i i i remember this this is gonna sound really weird i guess um but i remember being i was at the airport uh, i think it was like four days ago and uh to to fly here to kings for commentary and i was just like and you're so caught up in your own world, um, you know, like going to play poker and doing this that, and the other. And there are like, I don't know, uh, 150, 200 other people on this flight with you. And they've all got their reason for being on the plane, you know, and, and you just ignore it. Like you, you just literally you just see other people uh, going to from one place to another and you don't give them any importance whatsoever. But you give what it is that you're doing just like the most insane um amount of importance and i was like it's crazy to me that all of these people um are going on their own path their own journey to the same location as i am and i will never know their reasons for it i will never know the you know the depth of those people like you said and and it is um it's crazy how long we go through life i say long Uh, we're obviously here for actually a very short time if you think about it in terms of like how relative it is um, and you don't really get to know that many other people. Yeah. Um, and it's something that I think a lot of people struggle to realize is that everyone has their own battles. Everyone has their own journey. Everyone has their own demons, you know, going on. And, and from a very selfish point of view, um, we can definitely, or I've definitely been guilty of giving my demons and my battles, uh, more importance than, um those of people close to me and, and around me and it's it's very easy to look at galfon it's very easy to look at Juan. it's very easy to look at kuhn like all, all of these guys that you know from what we see on tv from what we see on social media have been getting it you know year after year for the better part of a decade or in some cases longer um and it's really easy to just be like oh well you know 
I don't need to check in on Phil Galfon. You know, he's he's got this, he's got that. He just beat so and so for X amount. You know, obviously he's doing all right. And the reality is, it's like that's not the case. Like everyone's got their own thing going on, and to just just check in more often is, I guess, my the point I'm trying to make. I don't know where yeah. this. No, I think it's a good point. Is, I think it's a good point. And I was starting to as as you were speaking, um, I was starting to think about you know you're on that plane. There are all those people. You're never going to know, but is, is it wrong that like from a practical sense, you're never going to get to know all of them. You're never going to get to know all their stories and it doesn't really help them all. If you know why they're going, where they're going, but it does help people and, and yourself to, first of all, get to know more people well. And second of all, to even to the people you do interact with, Mm. um, whether, whether it's checking in when you haven't, uh, or whether it's you, you're frustrated with somebody um, and you're not really thinking about where they might be coming from, um, whatever the case may be, there are a lot of c- scenarios where the world would be a better place, um, where, yeah. where we'd all, you know, it'd be better for us and for other people if we just took a few seconds to try to empathize or um, just wonder um, what's going on with them, um, and, and you know, and I do think that. Like the more people you get to know very well, I think it, I think it benefits just you overall in life. Um, I think it's like a good experience to, to get to know people well, but, um, beyond that, yes, I think from a practical sense, it's more, we're we're never going to know the stories of everybody around us. We can't, um, (laughs) but we should, yeah, we should, we should remember that everybody, uh, even if we're never going to know about all of it, they all, they all go through kind of the same stuff that we do and then have 24 hours in their day of, of experiences every day. Exactly. Yeah. So something that just popped up in, into my head, uh, was, was you were saying that, um, and it's just like a question that I would, would like to ask you, sorry to like spin it, uh, spin the interview, if you will. <laughs> we're having a conversation. Um, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it feels like. <laughs> it's really nice. Actually. I've been like leaning back in my chair cause I'm so comfortable. Yeah. Um, so, You've mentioned before um, that you kind of like you feel like you have a sense of the type of person or people that you would get along with when it comes to working on certain projects. Um, so for the for the poker players and the younger people, just like poker players in general, it doesn't have to be the the, the younger generation. Uh, for poker players overall that are watching this. It, it can be quite daunting um, opening up and discussing hand histories with people. It can be quite daunting to like reach out to people um, to improve. But the reality is, is in 2021, poker is uh, becoming more and more a team sport. Um, I, I know that the decisions are made by yourself on the table, um, but more and more people are studying in groups. Um, you have more people like Doug Polk, for example, had, had his mm-hmm. team. Dean Eggs, Perkins, Tice, like all of these public heads-up matches uh, kind of working more and more in teams. How or what advice would you give uh, to me and what advice would you give to to the people listening when it comes to knowing what to look for in, in team members or teammates, if you will, when it comes to studying and improving as a poker player? So, I mean, I have I had a lot of experience with this, both, you know, 15 years of poker and, and running several businesses. Um, mm. and 
I think the conclusion that I've reached and maybe only recently, um, I mean, generally I've, I've abided by this kind of principle, but, um, but not always the, the conclusion I've reached is that the most important thing by far is kind of their, well, the, their personality and their character and how, how you get along with them. I think that there, there are times where, you know, you've got like, you meet somebody and you're like, well, you know, he, he makes me a little bit uncomfortable. Like I'm a little bit worried he could get angry at me or, or, you know, some, mm. something like I'm a little worried we could butt heads, but you know, he's brilliant at this. And yeah. so, you know what, it's, it's, he's going to, you know, overall, he's a good guy. Um, and he'd be an asset to work with. So, uh, work with him. Um, and I think that is often a mistake if not in dollar EV, which I think it often ends up being a mistake in dollar EV, but not always, but just in, in happiness, stress levels, um, contentment. Yeah. Because in working with people, if you're working with anybody on anything for years, there's going to be a disagreement. There's going to be a conflict. There's going to be a miscommunication, mm. um, where somebody feels wronged and how you navigate those situations is, is, is really, really important. Um, and you, and you yeah. sometimes risks essentially, you know, losing or, or losing a percentage of, you know, two years worth of work with somebody, um, just because, you know, when the going got tough or when there was a conflict that that was nobody's fault necessarily, um, mm. you couldn't see eye to eye and you couldn't kind of be understanding. And I, I, especially in poker, there are a lot of things that come up that where, um, kind of expectations were different through no fault of either parties and, yeah. um, or, or something comes up where it's, I don't know that, Hey, I'm going to play in this game. Do you want, you know, 50% and they're like, okay. Yeah. And then they show up, the stakes are double and something, the lineup is not what they thought. And they play anyways, cause they're not sure what you would want and they can't reach you. And then there's, a, you know, Oh, I didn't want that. Like one small example, but <laughs> things like that in poker come up all the time. Um, because yeah. the variables always change. And so, mm. I, yeah, I would say number one is just, you know, not necessarily people like you can't avoid running into disagreements or uncertainties like that. What you can avoid is, is kind of working closely with people who, you know, could, um, could, could things could really blow up with in a, in a case where you disagree, you know, someone you want to work with people who just want to reach a fair a, a fair conclusion, even if they disagree with you about what, what fair might be, um, you know, both of your true desires is to, to be fair to each other. I, I think you and I, and I, I think, uh, I guess it's one of the reasons why we, we've worked together on a, on a few occasions, just have, um, similar values in the way that we want to like treat and, um, treat people and understand people. Um, I've seen, you know, the approach of, what the fuck are you doing in this spot from a lot of people? Yeah. Um, like you're an absolute imbecile. Like, how could you think that like, this is the correct bet sizing or this is the, this is the thing that you're meant to do. And it still shocks me to this day that there are people that work in that, in those conditions that study in those conditions and, and engage in those toxic, like discord groups or like Skype groups or whatever it is. And I mean, I, I try and understand it. And I guess it's a case of like not wanting to be 
left out, not wanting to fall behind, like not being sure if you have anywhere else to go to. Um, but just to kind of like back up what Phil just said, and uh, yeah, basically just back up what, what you said, Phil. Um, just like really surrounding yourself with people that, uh, I, I think striving for the same thing is really important. Um, and also want to build each other up like that. Mm -hmm. That for me is like a really important That's part of point. my environment is being surrounded by people that don't mind you excelling. Yeah. They, in fact, if anything, like they, they want to see you excel, they want to see you do well rather than, and because of how competitive the game is, like you can be competitive at the tables. You know, if you're in a grind house, like, there doesn't need to be this whole alpha male like dynamic going on all the time. Like you guys should just be there as a collective, like, okay, we're here to improve. We're here to get better, you know? And then at the tables, you know, that's when you bring the heat. That's when you bring the competition. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I've been again, um, got a good, good few people that, you know, I'm very, very, uh, fond of that nice. don't mind seeing other people do well. I'm going to rein us back in a little bit to, um, to, I want to talk about, um, Overbed Express. So okay. you've been planning it for a, a bit of time and yeah. And is this like, so in your kind of career, so again, not talking about travel and, and leisure time, is this your main focus? Like by quite a bit percentage of hours? Yeah. Over, ever since we, we started brainstorming the idea. Um, it's safe to say that that's, that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. Taking up the most, most time. And that's how you see it going kind of for the next few months at least. Yeah. Um, the, the issue is, um, as with, I guess any or most projects that a group of poker players um, and, and guys in their 20s and early 30s come up with is uh, we're not necessarily the best um, at communicating uh, our expectations for, for the project and company. Um, and it's something that we are working on together as a team. We've definitely gotten much better, um, even just like as little as, you know, eight weeks in than we did at the start. Um, and uh where was i where was i going with this yeah so like we, we're getting better at, at communicating um i definitely want it to be my main focus for the foreseeable future because again it really is a project that i believe in but at the same time there are four other people in the team and there is a possibility as much as i love the guys and you know i trust them um, there is a chance that that may not be the case for them in three months' time. Yeah. At the end of the day, they are playing the highest stakes possible uh, online at the moment. You know, they're firing the five Ks, the twenty-five Ks, the ten Ks, um, and to keep up with the rest of the field, like they need to still be putting in the hours when it comes to studying, when it comes to mm. you know resting, when it comes to just like the time and effort that they're putting in away from the table as well as the time and effort they're putting in at the table. So their priorities might change. My priorities, you know, uh, may change, but I'd like to think that for the foreseeable future, it's going to be something that we continue to kind of uh, focus on. 
Yeah, you need to, I mean, if you haven't yet, I mean, it sounds like you're addressing it now, but getting expectations down, um, like on paper, I think it, it doesn't even have to, you don't need a lawyer to write you a contract, but you just need kind of a, something that's yeah. like, yes, we all understand. And this is what we have. This is what our intent is. I think it's hugely important. And then also getting kind of the, like, you know, you're starting, you've, you have social media channels and, you know, like start generating a little bit of Twitch revenue, but I don't know what, what all the plans are after that for, for revenue and things. And we, I'm happy to talk about, it. I'd like to, um, but basically now while it's kind of earlier on, I think you also need to, um, talk about like individual exit plans. So like you said, mm -hmm. if somebody gets interested in something else, or let's say in six months, you know, one of the guys, look, I still want to be a part of this or like, I'm still interested. I'm not trying to get out, but the fact of the matter is just like, it's not worth it to me financially to spend more than a couple yeah. hours on this. Um, and it needs like all of those things are okay, but it's a lot better if you've figured out now roughly, and this could change, you could agree to something else, but roughly what would happen in the case where mm. person C decides six months from now, they want nothing to do with this. Do they, do they get anything of continued revenues? Do they just drop mm. off and they're, you know, owed nothing from then on? Um, or what if person B is just slacking, still wants to be a part of it. Yeah, exactly. Everybody agrees they're not doing their fair share. What, what happens? Yeah. So there are a lot of things and it's all, it always feels premature because, mm. you know, you're not generating a bunch of revenue. You're just, you don't know if it's going to be something huge that, that you want to, you know, do for the next 10 years. But yeah, once it is, it's too late, uh, often. Yeah, definitely. It's, it, it, you just kind of like hit the nail on the head about uh, quite a few of our meetings. Um, like we've probably over the last eight weeks, we've probably spent the better part of 40 hours uh, in, in Discord calls, um, like just like kind of just learning as we go. Um, and, and one of the main things at the start was like, well, what if someone's slacking six months from now, but still wants to be involved? Um, so we've uh, so we've set up a company, uh, and we've released twenty percent equity split evenly mm -hmm. between the five of us to start off with, so four percent each. Mm -hmm. And we still haven't, but we are going to. It's on on our like boards to do list. Um, come up with ways to release the next twenty percent, and then the next twenty percent. So basically, I don't want to say necessarily goals that need to be hit in order to release the twenty percent, um, but just kind of like where we would want to be at so like say for example uh, at the moment we're not generating any revenue right so there's nothing so that four percent is kind of uh, in terms of dollar ev isn't actually worth anything as it stands yeah. at the moment but let's say in three months time um we have i don't know 5k followers on insta and like 15k on twitch and people really want us to do meetup games and then we make a deal with a casino um, in terms of rake, hotel, this, and that deal is worth 50K. Well, then we need to maybe release the next 20% and discuss, right, is that 50% uh, being like straight repumped into the company and nobody has the right to like cash out yet? Or So those things will be kind of brought up. At, at the moment, to be, be completely honest with you, and I hope this is the case for my team members, so I'm sure they would tell me if it's not, I'm really happy with everything that, that we're all doing. 
Um, we've got our three main guys. Um, so Benjamin Vorland, uh, Espen Jorstad, and Jonas Jelstad. They're all playing high-stakes poker at the moment. So do I expect them to be putting out Instagram stories? No, I do not. Like, if they have a 10K to grind and they've been live on Twitch for 12 hours, I am more than happy to do the affiliation marketing emails. I'm more than happy to take 30 minutes out of my day to create a couple of Instagram posts or to message a few people in the Discord server that we're going live at this time because I know that Espen, Jonas's, and Ben's EV uh, is worth more to them currently by being at the best that they can when they get to the tables. And I don't want them to ever get to a point where they're like, wow, um, I have really dropped the ball. I am down heaps. Uh, I'm falling behind the curve against my competition, et cetera, et cetera, because I have to send out a fucking Instagram post at 7 a.m. after I've, you know, grinded for 12 hours. So I feel like we're all kind of... Um, filling in for each other in, in it, like strengths and weaknesses um, where, where certain people are lacking, other people are picking up the slack and the same vice versa. Um, and I think that's okay for the time being whilst, you know, we're grinding the Twitch grind basically during a big series. So I think we're, we're all on the same page. We all get yeah. along really well. Like there's a bit of banter, you know, and, uh, and some of the, some of the, um, some of the, the calls that we've had, there, there are needles chucked in every now and then. Um, yeah. But as long as they stay as needles and, you know, there isn't any like malicious intent behind it, I, I think we got a good, um, a good team and, and a team again, that kind of all have a similar vision for, for the brand and are happy with what everyone's doing. And I think that's really important. Um, I, not talking from experience. I've never started this type of startup before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just like communication, understanding, and really being on the same page um, at the start is is really important. How are uh, how are if there were to, it maybe there haven't been yet, but if there were to be a big decision to be made, how how is it made? I think what we've been doing up until now is kind of just getting the go ahead from everyone. Right. Yeah. So, um, so not to mention like any, any names, um, but w- yeah. we are currently working on a couple of like affiliation deals and, um, the boys have been grinding. So I've been the one like negotiating the deals, if you will. Um, and then I'll just like go into the group chat and say, Hey guys, before I respond to this email, um, you know, are we happy with, 20% or 25% or whatever it is of this product that as a brand, we could potentially be promoting on our streams and our YouTubes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and for example, there, there's one product that we, we, we just, uh, finished with, um, where I sent to the group, uh, a similar message like that. And Ben's response was, um, I don't want to promote something without knowing what it is, which I thought was a fucking really fair answer. I was like, fair play. Um, I think a lot of poker players or just a lot of people would be like, yes, 20% money, you know, like yeah, yeah. who cares? But but Ben was like, this is a poker product. Um, I haven't used it before. I am an elite player. Therefore, I feel like if I am going to promote 
uh, a certain product to players that aspire to reach my level, then I want to make sure that the product that I'm promoting is something that I actually believe in myself. And I was like, fucking fair play, man. Like he's, he's 22 years old and he's like, you yeah. know, and I thought that that's fair. And, and um, so, yeah, that, that's basically how I'm just like, we're just like, everyone will throw something in, in the group chat. It's, it's very chaotic at the moment because three of the team members are grinding an online world series. There's then W cube starting in September. Um, I'm jumping between cash games and commentary at the moment uh, as like from location to location. And then our videographer is obviously working on his own projects because we're not expecting him to not earn a living. Um, So there's a lot of chaos at the moment, but we're, we're hoping that there'll be a lot more structure and yeah, uh, it'll be a lot calmer once like the, the W cube grind is, is over and done with. Yeah. So I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm always, uh, I'm self-conscious about talking uh, about business with any authority because I don't fancy myself, uh, an excellent <laughs> businessman, but, um, wow, okay. but Jeez, I, would, I don't know what that means for me, then, but, fair but, enough. but I would, so with usually what, what happens in my experience with like, with equity is that you'd have basically you're each planning to get 20% equity total and you'd say it vests over five years. Um, sometimes like with a two year cliff, which means if you don't make it to two years and you leave the project or you get fired from the project, you leave with no equity. Mm. If you make it to two years, you get 40% of your 20%. 20%. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, every year you get another, uh, 20% released. And then after five years, if you leave, you keep your equity. And so then, then a way to incentivize people to, to stay is you kind of, I think at some point, like at some point, if you're doing well enough, I think people should start getting salaries as well. And so then, you know, if somebody, if somebody wants to leave after five years, have as much equity as everybody else, they don't get a salary anymore. The the rest of you do. And then you have something in place where like, you know, we can't start making 3 million a year and Henry starts paying himself 1.5 million a year in salary. Um, but that, that usually works. And I, I get, I think the, the main, I, I think you won't run into this for a while, but you do need, um, like at some point there'll be a decision that not everybody agrees on uh, and like waiting for unanimous approval is also inefficient for a company. Mm. And so what I would do, like, so the, the easiest way, if you want to keep it totally a democracy is just everybody has a vote and if three, you know, majority wins, or you could say that like you need four out of five of you to vote on something to, to have yeah. like, to make a change. Um, but another option is also to kind of elect a, a leader who, you know, makes the decisions and obviously a good leader make sure that he checks with others if he's not very confident about a decision, but, but it lets you make decisions quickly. And then at any point, or perhaps, I don't know if it's quarterly or whenever anybody wants to, they call a vote and elect a new leader. If everybody's unhappy with, with the one who's leading decisions, I don't think you need to do that soon necessarily, but I think as you grow, you'll need to make quicker decisions than, than, you know, wrangling five poker players, uh, to to all vote on something and, and, or, you know, reach a unanimous decision. Definitely. It's it. There have definitely been times where, you know, um, and again, this is where like the understanding and like communication comes in, but, um, like a message will get sent at, let's say 8am 
but then there won't be a response from like two of the people um until the next day or like if ever um and the the thing is is like you correctly introduced you know this is still a very early project and and i don't think anyone is um expecting everyone to drop everything they've got like we've already so like our videographer um you know he is potentially well no not potentially he is definitely going to be losing out on money if he is traveling around with us uh filming behind the scenes content when we go to mexico or we get a grindhouse in wherever it is and we've already spoken about well you need to be paid a salary then mm. um and then it's the same same with the guys like the, the guys that are grinding you know the the high stakes espen ben and jonas um have also been just really fair with me when it's like oh hey guys like i can't jump in for a twitch stream today because you know i'm getting paid x amount by x company to cover so and so event um they're not sat there like bitter because i'm not in the in the booth of them um because like they they understand that and i think I think um, all of the important things, at least from my point of view, that have needed to be discussed have been been communicated really well. Um, pretty, yeah, across the board. Uh, I'm looking forward to the guys like hearing your insight to this as well. I think this is obviously going to be uh, insanely valuable to us, which uh, we definitely appreciate. Um, and yeah, I think with the whole leadership role. Um, I don't even know if we know what this is yet. Like yeah. we, we think we do, we have an idea of the direction that we want to go in, but the reality is, is like this could blow up overnight or we could yeah. pump loads of money into it and it doesn't materialize into anything. Like we still don't know what it is. And uh, I think we're just more than happy to kind of assume that we're somewhat smart and competent people yeah. and have a rough idea on, you know, uh poker and content in general especially our videographer man like he is just insanely uh intelligent when it comes to yeah, he, he's basically been working in uh, the gaming scene for, for years and he just understands instagram youtube tiktok twitter the whole yeah charade if you will yeah that's valuable. Uh, the only thing that i think could lead to our downfall is ego that, that's that's the only thing I could really see causing friction and arguments, not necessarily arguments, but things blowing up more than they need to in any situation. Is the only the only thing I could see would be ego-driven arguments. And fortunately, um, uh, touch wood, until now we haven't had any of those. Um, and I would like to think that we would be smart enough to not have those. But at the end of the day, uh, we've got four highly competitive uh, mm -hmm. people all trying to uh, be involved in the same project and by the way Tumlock you know if you're watching this uh, Tumlock's our videographer we're, we're not saying that you're not highly competitive either <laughs> but the, we got the three guys living in a grindhouse and um, there's a lot of competition going on you know they're, they're playing for hundreds of thousands of dollars each week they live together um, so they've already got their like own dynamic and yeah. me and Tumlock are kind of being brought into this uh, for reasons outside of poker um and we're trying to fit into the dynamic that they already have going on um so it's going to take a bit of time to like adjust and just get to know 
know each other in that way um, and just see see how it goes. Yeah, cool. I mean, I, yeah, I, I just say prepare. It, it sounds like like disagreements have to happen. They will. And yeah. So yeah, hopefully you're ready for them when they do. But I agree. Like, it seems too early to worry about because you don't even know what all the response the business responsibilities will be six months from now. Exactly. To say like, okay, you're in charge of this. You handle this. You make decisions about this. Just right now, it's about growth. I think the main intre- the most interesting thing for me. Um, just from like a, a business point of view is going to be when we're all on like a level playing field, if you will. Like, yeah. is everyone going to be pulling their weight when it comes to the tedious nitty gritty stuff? And, and that's going to be something that needs to be communicated. Is that going to be outsourced? If so, that's fine. Like, um, I think a lot of us, especially as poker players, think of things in terms of dollar EV and hourly am I going to begrudge someone whose hourly is 500 an hour um, to do something that we could outsource for $50 an hour? No. Like, yeah. I, and in the same way, I wouldn't, if they said to me, oh, Henry, um, yeah, don't do commentary uh, on Monday. Like, well, why not? I, I earn X amount. Yeah, you need to do this. Well, can't we outsource that as a company? That would cost us like, you know, 10% of what my salary would be to do so and so there was a period in my life and i think a lot of poker players lives where we thought about our hourly way too often and it actually stood in the way of 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 living life um because you know evaluating everything through the lens of okay well i'm gonna miss these guys is it worth eight hundred dollars to me to go out and see my friends for an hour like for and then commute 30 minutes and commute 30 minutes back and like then not be able to play for the next hour because i've had a drink and uh you start to uh if if you if you look at every uh life decision as a financial decision then uh there's a lot of life decisions especially if you're successful um seem like you should pass on them and uh then you look back and you've passed on a lot of things that you wish you had done a lot yeah yeah i i hope uh a lot of people that watch this at home, listen to what you just said, because it, it's something that I've almost, it, I mean, I guess people all reach a certain point, point in their life when um, they want to listen uh, to things like what you just said. Uh, Cause I've definitely preached that to a lot of my friends before. And they're like, no, I need to get to the Bellagio. Yep. And, and then, and then the, like three months later, um, we'll look back on a trip and the boys were like, wow, I, I didn't even see this. And like, Henry, you did this, this, and this, and this isn't me like trying to like say anything, but like I said, like life EV is what you end up with when you're 70. Yeah. Sure. Dollar EV is important, but for me, I'm all about, um, at least I am now. I definitely used to be very hourly driven it would be like, no, I need to grind. I need to grind. And I would pass up on a lot of opportunities. And I, I think maybe I've learned the lesson faster than other people. I don't know. But I'm at a stage now where I'm just like, I've been to so many cities, so many casinos. Do you know how many times I've been to Barcelona? I've been to Barcelona four times and I couldn't even tell you uh, what Barcelona looks like. Yeah. Because all I could tell you is what the casino is like. Yeah, yeah. And for me, that is insane. Like I know there are people whose dying wish is to visit Barcelona. And for me as a human being who has been there four times, but I can't even tell you, you know, what the city is like, like 
I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just like, at that stage now, I'm just like, that's ridiculous, yeah. Henry. Like, you need to... So, I, I, yeah, the, the point I was trying to make is I, I've had these conversations with with some friends who, you know, for, for reasons of their own, um, whether it's ego, whether it's just, you know, mate to mate, friend to friend, don't necessarily want to listen to, to what I have to say about the, the uh, that subject. Um, but I, I see it and they're like, I need to grind. And I'm like, you don't need to grind, man. Like you, you like I, I respect it, but trust me, taking a day off to to go and do this life experience that you are never gonna forget, and I promise you, you're never gonna forget it, is worth so much more than the hundred dollar hourly you're making in the ten twenty at the Bellagio or the hundred the six big blinds, whatever it is. Like, yeah. I think you can't take it with you. I think you're often right. I to kind of play devil's advocate in part. I mean, so first of all, I've been, I've definitely been guilty of focusing too much on work and hourly, um, for, for like for longer periods of time than I haven't. Um, and even still like now it's not so much about hourly, but it's with when you run two businesses and play poker and have a family, it just like, it's almost every day something feels extremely important. And I'm just like, I have to yeah. like, I have to take care of this. I have to focus on this. I have to yeah. figure this out. Um, so I still do that. I think for me personally, like I, it's not as important to me at this point in my life or ha hasn't been up to this point in my life to, to see places as it is to you. And so if like I go to, if I, if I went to Barcelona, which I haven't been, um, and played for 10 days in a casino and didn't see the city, I would, I would kind of laugh. I'd be like, it's pretty silly. But I'm not really sad yeah. that I like I just okay. yeah, I, I wouldn't yeah. be that sad about it, um, and so it could be that some of your friends, you know, maybe it, to them it wouldn't be an experience that they never forget, or maybe you know maybe mm -hmm. it would be, but maybe that's not worth that much to them, and and what's worth more is is what they're doing. So that, or, and probably the reality is somewhere in between, and maybe you know some of the time they should be be going and experiencing things more, and some of the time they are right to to, you know, for what's important to them to be focusing on what they're doing. I mean, I would say that even with your own goals, and this is definitely not advice because I'm not sure I believe it, but another way to, to look at it is, you know, what, if, if your goal is to have kind of the lifestyle that poker provides you and to travel and to have experiences, it could be argued that spending three years doing nothing, but trying to make as much as you can, um, and then put yourself in positions where investments can snowball and kind of support mm -hmm. you going forward, then you can over, over the next eight years, actually have more time to be doing those things that you love. And yeah. again, not saying that, that you should do that. Cause I don't even like, it's just a counter argument. I don't know that I believe it. Um, no, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's a great one. It, it's a great one. And, and again, it kind of goes back to another lesson um, where uh, it's sometimes very easy to get caught up in your own world and think that your truth is yeah. the truth and that everyone should be following it. Because uh, as soon as you said that, I was like, fuck, I did it again. Because my, my, like, it has been something that has been been said to me, not in a malicious way, but my, my friends uh, and people that are close to me have, have also said, Henry, sometimes you do realize that just because you know something that you value or you believe true uh, to be true isn't necessarily my truth. Uh, and I appreciate you for for uh, for like kind of uh, playing the devil's advocate there because it is true. 
Um, not everyone has the same goals, beliefs, systems, truths in life, you know. And to for me to yeah, just be like, oh, bro, thank you, Phil. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, no problem. <laughs> and, and the the hourly thing as well. Um, things that like snowball over the next eight years. The the only thing that I would say about like going all in for three years and then, um. And then it potentially, you know, giving you more opportunities over the following like eight years. Um, something like for me, from like a childhood point of view, and just like my my family background is, I kind of fear falling into that trap. Um, and the reason I fear falling into that trap is because I've seen it in my parents, I've seen it in my grandparents, and I think a lot of us. Uh, especially people my age, um, I, I would like to think once once you have a family of your own, mm. you kind of realize just how much you do and you sacrifice for your, your children. Um, but the reality is, is that my parents had dreams once upon a time and they sacrificed their dreams to work, to provide for their family yeah. in the hopes that eventually the sacrifice uh, and, and the work they put in would give them time to travel. And the reality is, is now my parents are in their mid-50s and they haven't. Yep. And that that's always kind of been like that fear in the back of my head is that, okay, if I do just grind, if I really just like knuckle down and just give my all for like two, three years, then then I'll be happy. Then I'll have these yeah, yeah. opportunities to do this and the other. And it's just like, Henry, mate, you can get hit by a bus tomorrow, you know, like... Tomorrow is not guaranteed. That's kind of uh, maybe I'm living the Bill Perkins approach to life of die with zero, like way too early. Um, nothing wrong. But with that. I, 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 that's just me. Yeah, no, nothing wrong with with his approach. He's he's thought about it a lot and <laughs> super intelligent. And um, well, I mean, I haven't read his book. I've heard him talk about it a lot, um, and it makes <laughs> sense. It is definitely. Um, well, let, let me. Well, I can speak from experience that, you know, when you, I mean, my son's almost three and, yeah. you know, I, you it's have a lot, you have a lot, I know you have a lot less freedom. And to be honest, I mean, I probably, I have a lot more freedom than most parents would because you can afford to, to like go somewhere and bring a babysitter with you to like mm. watch them while you can experience things. Like there are a lot of things mm. that, that I, and so it, it's, it can be really limiting for travel especially but um yeah uh yeah kind of living your dreams so to speak so that makes sense what um th this is a, i don't know how to ask it in a way that doesn't sound like a really big question but it's a, you know it's a conversation what what are the the you know three to five things that are most important to you that you kind of want from from life. These are things that can be like your own health, relationships, mm. financial success to a certain level or financial success to another level, like mm. where a number of other things. What, yeah, like what's most important to you? Um, and so, uh, as always, uh, probably not going to give you like a, a straight answer and <laughs> apologize because no. the, the, the reason it is like I'm, um, as, as uh, well as as you know, and as like, I'm, I'm in this like rediscovery phase at the moment, I feel like I'm I've I feel like I've only just woken up 
um, in life. And I've just been in like autopilot for the last 25 years. And this year for me, um, since my, my dad passed in September was just like a last year was just like a massive wake up, like self-realization. And, and I, I'm, I'm being very kind to myself, but I, at the same time, um, there have definitely been things that I've given priority to, um, that I kind of regret giving too much priority to and and certain things have like fallen aside like my relationship with my, my family uh, is something that like I really want to continue um, working on because there was definitely times where I could have given you know my parents a call and I didn't because I was like yeah. grinding at 6am um, or like friendships and that so I am still money driven money is is very important to start answering your question finally yeah. Um, freedom has always been a really important thing for me, um, almost to the degree where I've given it way too much importance. Um, and I, I don't know why, uh, like I'm, I need to speak to a therapist or something that like I feel like it's, um, so money, freedom, um, finally health has come into the equation. I smoked and drunk and, uh, in my earlier years, hung out with the wrong crowds and did things to my body that I regret doing. Um, and I quit smoking what, like eight months ago, basically since yeah, since since my my dad like passed away, and it was just like I used to always laugh at the people that would be talking about their bodies, their temple, and then I was just like, actually, your body. You only get one and it carries this thing around, you know, the, the, the brain around your conscious and your actual being around. So you might as well look after it. Um, still working on that because it's it's not a discipline or anything that I've I've had in my life up until now. So like changing habits is, you know, tough. Um, so, yeah, money, freedom, health. And I think most importantly for me and has been something that has always been like important is just true deep relationships with the people that I surround myself with. Like I've never wanted to be that on the surface kind of guy when it comes to the people that I associate myself with. I think that reflects a lot in my work and it reflects a lot in just the way I kind of carry myself is that I don't mind getting yeah. deep and personal with people because like I've been there, you know, trust yeah. me, I've, I've had dark days and I've had good days. And if someone wants to, to confide in me about anything like I, I i don't judge when it comes to being vulnerable and stuff so yeah money um freedom health and relationships uh, i can't really think of a of a fifth one that i'm i'm giving like way too much importance i think money and career kind of like for me go hand in hand um a little maybe bit, they though, don't for other because people you talked earlier about you know respect uh from your peers or from people who know you only as a commentator, like that's different than money. And it does, maybe it's not as important, but it's something. Okay. I, then, then, yeah, I mean, then career would yeah. definitely be like the, the fifth one. Like I, I've always, um, yeah, like I've never made money or until uh, like recently I haven't made money uh, through like passive income. Like my career has always mm -hmm. been money. If I've got money, it means I'm doing well in my career. Yeah, yeah. If I don't, then I'm so... I've kind of always like put those two hand in hand, but it does make sense now that you say that, um, that like career wise, 
um there is yeah there there is obviously a pretty distinct difference yeah so career would be money okay and was there an order or not particularly Oh, <laughs> uh, so we, what we got? So we got money, freedom, health, relationships, career. Whatever order I put these in, live, on, on air, I will be scrutinized for. Of course. Well, there's well, there's no right answer. There's no wrong answer. Um, I mean, if it, so, if it makes you feel any better, I think like if I think about myself, I think, kind of my. Um. Family is most important to me. Yeah. My, my health is second. Yeah. And then kind of from there, it gets started. Then probably financial and like the last three are kind of close to each other. Financial uh, relationships, mm-hmm. friendships. Yeah. Um, maybe that's it. But, but, um, but I, don't, I don't usually live that way. Um, I usually am spending most of my time on financial success. Yeah. Um, and I am usually, I mean, basically I like my health changes a lot and it's just that I don't prioritize it often and I don't have the discipline or in that area or haven't found it. So like, I'm, I'm not, what I'm, what I'm wondering and what I'm hoping to get at with you is like, I know that I'm not living, uh, by yeah. what's most important to me. Like I'm not living the right way for how I should be. 100%. Um, and I'm curious yeah. if, if you are closer to, to doing that and before you rank them, or maybe you don't have to, what stands out to me is that like none of those five to me really speak to traveling and having those experiences. It sounds to me like the things that are important to you you know, financial success, career, freedom, those three are all you should be grinding. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously the, you know, relationships that's, that's different, but yeah. How do you, how would you describe, because it's from earlier conversation, it seems like, you know, the travel, the experiences, they are important to you. Um, I guess, what would you, what would you call that? And how does that make the list of your priorities? Yeah, I mean, bang, bang, Phil Galfon. <laughs> uh, I, I think I think maybe it's just um, my way of interpreting those things or, or my definition. And so, um, so money for me has always kind of meant career. It, it, and, and money and freedom have, have always kind of gone hand in hand. Like yeah. if I've got money, I've got the freedom to travel and explore and, you know, do things that I want to do, have experiences that I want to have. Um, it, if I had to, if I had to rank them in terms of what I wish the, the order was, it would be relationships first, because I've definitely, mm-hmm. I've definitely become uh, more and more uh, estranged with friends and family. By the way, like I am, I am close with with with, uh, with, with my family and friends, but I'm not. I, I barely see them because I'm always traveling. So that that's what I mean when I say like I'm I'm disconnected from them. Or I don't get yeah, to yeah. see them that much, or I'm not as close. Um, we still speak, you know, on a regular basis and whatnot. But it you can get lost in this world and, and it can be a bit of a rabbit hole that you fall into um, because 
you you overtake people at such a fast pace from a very young age. Like when you look at real term, uh, real real world earning potentials in poker, you can really overtake people at such a fast pace, and and people get left behind. So, in an ideal world, I would like to. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want the people that I love and care about to be left behind. And I feel like a lot of them have been because I've been so focused on catching up with everyone else myself that I've forgotten about them. Um, then it would be health. So it'd be, yeah, relationships, so family, friends, health. Um, then, yeah, I guess career and money again kind of go yeah. hand in hand for me. And, and, and so does freedom. So, so maybe I, I've kind of got my definitions of, of those things skewed. I think the reality is um, the way I'm actually living life is money first. Um, I, I've always panicked whenever I, I, you know, once I get below a certain threshold, um, I can be very chaotic and frantic um, if I've invested money in something and it's like not going my way. Um, so it's definitely something I need to work on. Um, yeah, I'm currently like, it's definitely, it's like money, career, freedom, relationships, health at the moment. Yeah. If I had to be like truthful. Yeah. That'd probably be it. That'd be yeah. the order that it's in. Yeah. It's important to keep in mind, like with, with money and career, there's like, I feel like there's a good level where, you know, if you, if, if your level's too low, you're not making enough, you're not trying enough, you're going to get anxious uh, and mm. stressed. If you're trying too much, you're stressed in a different way and you don't have time for anybody. And in, in between, um, maybe you don't have as much time as you would if you just work less, but actually you're happier, you're more content, you're not stressed yeah. and you're giving more to your relationships and everybody else. So it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't always have to be one or the other. Um, but kind of finding the right balance, I think. Yeah, I mean that's that's the answer to life, right? Isn't it right there? You know, like we. I, I mean, think... I've I've read the, I've read the books. So I've I've heard the <laughs> sayings of the the ancient philosophers, you know, about balance and and whatnot. And it's just it, it's it is tough. You know, I, I again, I'm sure there are people that have thought that I've got it all together. And wow, Henry lives a very balanced lifestyle. Yeah. I don't. No. I don't, you know, sure. It's the same with you. Oh yeah. Um, it's, it's just so difficult because you take responsibility on the things that you do. Um, you know, for me personally, I think one of my, maybe not bad traits, but something I need to work on is, is that I never want to let anyone down. And sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, I kind of, unintentionally let down those that are most important to me like friends family or close relationships because like i'll get a last minute you know call from a friend like whatever there's like this going on and let's do this and i'm oh, okay well I, can't, I need to go and do that and yeah. it can i i don't know i've i've always been a bit of a people pleaser and i think it's reflected in my work as well and i, I think it's one of the things that i actually struggled with um it was one of the leading kind of causes of of like my depression as well 
um, was that I was just always trying to please everyone. And sometimes in order to find that balance, uh, you have to learn to say no. You have to learn to to like not worry about offending people and letting people, not even necessarily letting people down, but just like sticking to, to your truths in order to find a better balance overall. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I, I, one thing I want to say just about my experience and what, what's worked well for me, cause I think you've, you've kind of beat yourself up for it. Um, thus far is I've always jumped around from passion mm-hmm. to passion. And sometimes I'm interested in something and not interested in something else. And I, put all of my energy into that and then it changes and I move on. And I found that I work best that way. Uh, when I, I'm never really making myself work on something. It's I'm working on something cause I really want to. Yeah. Um, and that, that does just change that, that works for me. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of an all or nothing person. And so I rarely have balance. Maybe if you look at my year on the whole, it's somewhat balanced, but month to month or week to week, yeah. usually like all in on something. And I don't think that's necessarily bad. I think it depends on you and, um, and, and what works for you, but I wouldn't necessarily try to kind of beat that out of yourself. If, yeah. if it, if it, if it seems to work. Yeah. I, again, it's, um, a case of you being the present you and my, my way or just people's way in general is to look at your current success and your present success and just not realize um the last 15 years or the yeah. last 18 years or whatever it is that have gone into it. and it's, it's very easy to think oh well the reason you know for, i'll use you as an example phil is successful is because from day one he has had structure discipline he's just known exactly what it is that he always wanted to do and again for me that that's just like another uh pleasant reminder I'll call, I'll call a spade a spade is that i have friends like yourself that i'm like henry all of these people <laughs> who like uh you are telling you that they do the same thing that you do so you don't necessarily need to be as hard on yourself um and i i think that's just been me from a very early age like i remember you know, looking at like Cambridge and Oxford University uh, in the UK when I was like 12. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I was like, like, I said, you know, ran like my own business, like buying and selling sweets because my mom said that she couldn't afford on like Xbox. You know, if you want to do it, you need to like, get so, so I've always been very like, um, so what I'm looking for, like, I've put myself on a very high pedestal. I used to tell myself when I was 16 to tell my friends and family, I'd be a millionaire by the time I'm 25. Right. All all of these types of things. And it's very easy to then look at what you currently have. and just be like, okay, well, all of these things that you thought you were going to do, or you said that you were going to do, you haven't actually achieved them yet. So basically you're either a liar or you're just, you know, bit of a letdown kind of thing it it could be it could be really detrimental on your mental health and and the way um you approach life and that's why i said this year has been like um at least i I feel um and you've probably realized it as well that i'm a lot kinder to myself and i I mean i know you've said today that i'm being a bit too harsh on myself but I, i feel in comparison to like two years ago this is uh i'm being very kind to myself because i don't know i I know deep down what I'm capable of. Um, and when I don't follow through on stuff or like 
put in the effort that I know I can put in. It's just like, well, you know. Yeah. No, I know. Pull I, shit together. <laughs> I know. I've I've done a lot of that myself. Yeah, I would, I think um you just you have been more more kind kinder to yourself um mm-hmm. than in the past, but still I mean, I don't know. I've been hard on myself my whole career. It's served me well. Yeah. It's not It's not the end of the world. And uh, I guess kind of in general, the, the thought I have is, from talking to you is like, give yourself, yeah, pa- pass, like observe yourself with less judgment. And, mm. you know, like if you want to work a certain way, try it. Um, like if you're observing yourself, jump from thing to thing and you're seeing yeah. – that you're stressed and anxious and sad, then that's, then, then, then you should think, think about that and and learn from that. But if you see yourself jump from thing to thing and you think you're not supposed to do that because it doesn't sound right or other people don't do that, don't, that that's the wrong way to look at it. Just, just kind of observe. And I'd also say, you know, you've, it seems like you've come to some realizations uh, this year and kind of have, have a bigger perspective, but let yourself keep, you know, like I'm not saying anything you said sounds wrong to me, but keep an open mind. Cause I think I, just, we just keep learning, you know, yeah. I, 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 uh, anyways, those are, those are the thoughts I just had. <laughs> I also don't want to, I, I really, um, I'm like already regretting. I don't want to be like, uh, we're having a conversation as friends and I know I'm 10 years older than you, but I, mm. I think that, uh, we can all learn from each other. And I definitely don't um, think that, that, uh, that I have all the answers or anything close to it. So, no, I, I, I've always appreciated that about you, to be honest. Uh, what's something I really want to say when, when you were talking about just being like kind and compassionate to yourself, it, it's really funny how friend to friend, you know, you'll tell me to be kind and compassionate and be mm-hmm. more patient with myself and I'll say the same to you or to the viewers at home but then when it comes to ourselves you know we, like uh, we, we can preach it to other people to our friends and family and people we care about but we struggle with ourselves and one of the things that has helped me a lot this year uh, especially when it came to like negative self-talk um, and anything that I do whether it's mm-hmm. poker uh, projects uh, anything is Imagine calling in the five-year-old version of yourself and then talking to them the way that you are currently talking to yourself about a certain thing. And that, for me, has really helped me because some of the things that I've said to myself in the past about poker, about a spot, you know, say, you know, you misplay a hand and you bust a tournament or it costs you X amount of dollars and you just, in your head, you're just attacking yourself just like viciously. Now imagine talking to the five-year-old version of yourself in that way. You wouldn't do it. But what's what's the difference? Well, just because you're you're 25, you're 30, you're 35 now, like you wouldn't do that to your son. You wouldn't do that to your friend or family. So why would you do it to yourself? Yeah, uh, I don't want to sit here con- continuously preaching about being kinder to yourself, but it it makes a difference. It really does. And it, it in poker. Um, in such a competitive environment and in an environment where it can feel like a very dog-eat-dog world, uh, it can get lonely out there. And sometimes you can be your only friend, especially at the table. Like if, like at, at the table, you're your only friend. And if you become your own enemy, then you don't stand, you don't stand a chance. 
because yeah. you, you're you're already outnumbered. So just trying to be a friend to yourself, especially when you're grinding, um, whether or not you use it in other areas of life. But I'm assuming a lot of people that watch this are going to be poker players. Try and keep that in mind. I, I personally have it saved uh, in my notes. It's just be yeah. don't don't be an enemy to yourself. Try and be your best friend, at least whilst you're at the tables, <laughs> if anything. Yeah, at minimum. No, that's very, very well said. You know, what's funny. I feel like everybody I've talked to does has dealt with negative self-talk and, and as mm. you know, whether they've worked on it or not, it's, it's something they struggle with. And like, I understand all the detrimental effects. I've never done that. No, no, never. And I don't know if it's, if it's environmental or I was just lucky that they're not wired that way. Like I always, I, I always lack confidence, mm. but I'm never, so I'm hard on myself in the sense that if I didn't play well, I know I didn't play well. And I want to do better. Yeah. And even if I do play well, I, I question like, oh, did I, did I play well? Is that person better than like, I never am just, I, I always am questioning myself and usually from a place of self doubt, but not from a place of, of self criticism. I don't know. That's really I, interesting. I mean, yeah. human beings just in general. Yeah. So, so you struggle or you've struggled with self-confidence not just in poker you're talking in like communication and relationships in the past and in business everything yeah but you've never criticized yourself i mean that's I'll, really interesting no I'm, not, not in the way of self talk i'll know that i've made a mistake or of think, course yeah you know, yeah of course upset From a constructive, I yeah. yeah but never i never say to myself feel yourself wow. stupid or, oh, fantastic. So I, I think we could probably do this for, um, for five more hours, but, uh, but let's not. So, so the, I mean, so the idea behind this, I mean, this went in a, I didn't know how this was going to go. This went in a different direction than I, than I kind of thought it would. I thought we'd, we'd land on, you know, you're trying to decide where to put your energy, but you've decided where to put your energy right now. You've decided what's, mm. you know, relatively important to you. You're not right. You're not aiming to be the best in the world. You're not trying to maximize, you know, your hourly and financial success at all costs, certainly. And you're working on this business, um, and experiencing life. Um, so, and you didn't, uh, we, we didn't reach that. You were already there. Um, but then we did talk about the business, which was interesting. I wasn't expecting uh, to do that. And, um, but the idea was to be not, not that you leave this with, you know, you come to me with a problem and leave with a solution because I, that's rarely going to happen in, in the span of a couple hours. And, and, uh, I certainly don't have anything close to all the answers, but also, um, you know, hopefully in, in talking through it to help some people watching navigate, um, uh, through s some decisions they're making or, or kind of self-reflect. Um, but also, um, you know, people watching might have experience in some of these areas or might have input to give you or me. Um, and, and, and so my goal kind of with this is, is both to kind of help, help people, who are watching figure some things out and, and help myself and, and the guests, uh, in this case, you figure some things out, not just during the course of the show, but, but, uh, but after, um, and so I'm, I'm yeah. really interested to see what people have, have to say, um, both in terms of, you know, anything that, that they thought about, uh, about themselves, anything that, or they think, uh, one of us is, uh, is, is going astray or, uh, <laughs> you know, needs need some some wisdom of theirs i i welcome it all and i'm i'm curious to uh 
see how it goes. And uh, yeah, thank you again for doing it. I wish you the best of luck uh, with Overbed Express. I'm excited to, uh, I'll check it out very soon. I actually hadn't yet. Um, and and I'm excited that um, to see what it turns into because I, I really love the idea of the behind the scenes, actually getting to know what, what poker life is like. And I mean, yeah. in, in doing so also life, I mean, I, the more like every, every year and every experience I have, the more I learn that like, yeah, poker is unique, but life is life and people are people. And, um, like you were saying, things that you learn in poker can apply elsewhere and, and, and vice versa. And so, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm excited that you're doing it and, and, uh, props to you and the team and, uh, I look forward to, to seeing more. Uh, thank you. Thanks so much. Uh, just to give you like direct feedback, um, e even, I mean, you, you're pretty harsh on yourself as well. Sometimes I feel like <laughs> you, you don't, uh, you don't understand. Well, I guess you do understand what you, you do give uh, a lot of wisdom, um, but direct feedback would be that it definitely has, uh, not necessarily, uh solved things that i came came in with but it's it, the conversation we had today and some of the topics we mentioned have definitely reopened some of the areas um that i were maybe like was maybe neglecting or had kind of like put to the side and um as i opened my my mind up again to to those things which uh yeah i obviously thank you for and uh, I'd also like to second that sentiment as well because um, I think a lot of people can be intimidated uh, when it comes to, you know, uh, watching something like this and then fear potentially reaching out. For me personally, um, whenever I record something like this, I always like just like to add to anyone watching, like, if there's anything we've discussed today that you just would love to talk about or add something like, when it comes to my DMs, like they've always been open, and um, and, and it goes the same for, for for your viewers, Phil. So if anyone has resonated with anything, or you know has like just a couple of words of wisdom, or even just wants to say hi uh, and say uh, thank you, whatever it is, feel free to to message me, and uh, yeah, I would love to hear uh, what people think about this because for me, it's uh, I don't know. I feel like every time I speak to you, Phil, I, I walk away just on cloud nine. Um, but uh, maybe that's just because yeah, very yeah, kind. Fortunate Thank you. To, to but, call, uh, you as a, call your friend. Well, I, I I value your friendship too, and I always enjoy our conversations. And uh, yeah, I'm eager to well. I mean have more off off uh, off air just about the business. I'd love to to hear more about it. And anytime you want to yeah throw things my way, please do. Would love to. Yeah, definitely. I will hold you that uh, hold you to that as soon as, soon as we get the WCube grind out of the way. With uh, we have more time to kind of focus on a direction where we want to go i'd love to get your input for sure hey everybody i hope you enjoyed that conversation with henry i know i really did and um, yeah we covered a lot of good stuff i think in my humble opinion um if you first and foremost if you're interested in coming on this podcast um in this specific structure uh because you're at a crossroads in your poker career check out the link in the description below. And um, you don't have to be as well known as Henry. You don't have to be known by anybody. Um, you just have to be willing to uh, answer some questions and uh, come on this podcast on, on, on video and audio. 
and uh, talk about your career. Um, otherwise, um, another thing that I want to hear from you on, I, I know I mentioned at the top of video, uh, at the top of the video that I wanted to uh, get feedback on this format and ideas for other formats. Um, also, we so so this podcast I think is going to come out, you know, a bit. I don't know, somewhere around two hours. Um, and actually that involves editing out a lot of the conversation. We spoke for over three hours. Um, a lot of the conversation that was cut out was not necessarily about um, Henry's decision-making in his career and his journey thus far, but about uh, just business, uh, running a business, because uh, as you've now learned, Henry's focus is on his new business uh, right now. And I've run a couple of businesses now, uh, a few actually, for longer than I can remember. Um, and so we had some conversations about you know, his decisions uh, and, and kind of his vision for his business. Um, I talked about some of my experiences in business. Um, and, and we took it out because you know, three hours is a really long time and it didn't really necessarily fit the, the arc of Henry's journey. Um, but I enjoyed the conversation a lot. Um, and I want to know if you'd like to see it because I think what we could do is just release that, kind of uh, chop it up, you know, chop together the, the pieces that we cut out and um, just release that as, as its own video, not necessarily, I don't know if it'd be a podcast episode or something else, but um, just kind of more of this conversation um, slightly on a different topic. Um, so yeah, let me know. Um, let me know if you have any thoughts on, on a good way to release it as well. And I think that's it. Um, thank you for watching or listening uh, all the way through at this point, uh, or for fast forwarding to the very end for some odd reason. Um, to my very first uh, podcast episode, I sincerely hope you enjoyed it and uh, are looking forward to more of them. I'm looking forward to more of them. And uh, I'll see you next time. This is Phil Galfond, and this is the Phil Galfond Podcast, I suppose.